Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Listen, to all my fans around the world, from Egypt to Dubai to, man, Australia to Japan to Nakisaki to Barbados to Bermuda. Thank y'all for all showing love. But let me tell you something. I travel this world, and like every week I tell you, I meet interesting people. And I was talking to this young lady, and beautiful sister, uh, worked hard, and she started telling me about her journey and we just talked about certain different things. And I said, yo, i got to put you on the podcast because I think your story will help out a lot of people who um, might be going through something or already dealt with it, trying to find a way how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And to parents who might have done this to their children, give them a different way to say, oh, my God, I didn't know I was like that. Let me apologize to my child or parents who might hear this and never do this to their child. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's yep. important. Yes, it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so ever since I was a little girl, like, when I was a lot younger, I was a daddy's girl. You couldn't tell me mm. anything about my dad. That right. was my daddy. And as I, my dad got married, um, not to my mom, but to another woman when I was like four years old. And I was just a daddy's girl. And right. so as I was getting older, I started to see and realize how his wife was abusing her position. Mm. So she started to do certain things to try to ruin our relationship. And I guess because she's the wife, you know, she comes first and whatever. No, 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 no. I hate, I'm going to start interrupting. I hate that, darling. I hate that there's people in the world that think when they get married that the wife comes before the child or a wife that will come into a man's life and vice versa and tell them how they should deal with their child or their ex-wife or their Mm ex-girlfriend. And the men allow that shit. I think it's horrible. But go ahead with your story. To to my fans and people listening, that's some bitch-ass shit if you're allowing a woman to come in your life to dictate how you should be with your children. You're a fucked-up person. But go ahead. That's me. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. And um, so as I was getting older, some of, the, some of the things she would do is, like, one time we were all eating breakfast, and I had to clean the kitchen up. Mm-hmm. So the food that was left over, you know, she was like, just go ahead and get rid of it. So I'm cleaning the kitchen up. But before that happened, we was at the table. My dad asked her, what are you doing today? And she says, I'm going to go get my nails done. And my dad looked at me and said, well, Michelle, do you want to go? And I said, well, yeah. And I saw her, her body language shifted and her face, like, she, I could tell she didn't want me to go. Right. So anyways, I'm cleaning the kitchen up and everything, and I'm going in my room, I guess, getting ready. And she goes in the kitchen, and she just thought she went smooth off. And she got so upset that I threw the food away. And I'm like, why is she going off because of that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, she stated that she wasn't taking me to go with her, and she left. So I go in the living room, I'm talking to my dad, and my dad, he was on my side, and he was like, well, he said nobody was going to eat that food anyway. It always ends up in the trash. And he's like, I'm going to talk to her later. But it would be like little stuff like that that she would do. When I got older, I say in high school, um, when cell phones started to get popular, when we had to mm-hmm. And it's either free after seven or after nine. So my dad got me a cell phone, and I only had I had 350 minutes. And one thing about me, I'm a very considerate person, especially right. when people are doing stuff for me. I'm not greedy. So every time I use the phone, I will always check my minutes. Okay. Or sometimes I would just wait until after the hours when it was free. 
So every month my dad would call me and say, Michelle, you went over your minutes. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I said, I check my minutes all the time. And so every month he would get on me about it. I kept saying, something's not right. Mm-hmm. This was confirmed through another family member that his wife went and changed the plan and never told me. Whoa. Yep. So she was already starting starting to build something against me to get my dad to believe that there was a problem with me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it was she would do stuff like that. So people in the family would see what she was doing. And my mom has said, Michelle, I doubt if your dad is gonna have any more kids, but he definitely could find him another wife. Um, but you know, my dad is still with her or whatever. So towards the time where I'm getting close to graduating out of high school. I don't know mm-hmm. what was going on, but for some reason, my parents started to to turn against me. Right. I don't know was it because I was approaching 18. I don't whatever it was. I don't know. And so, it has got to the point. My mom just started acting weird, mm-hmm. and she would just get angry for whatever reason. And I do want to put it out there. So my mom is gay, and she okay. she's with women. Okay, so she's confused already, but go ahead. And it's not to say to people who's listening that I'm against y'all. I just really fear that once you have children, this is me, just my opinion, respect mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Once you have children and you claim that you're gay, it was a choice. This yeah. is just me. I yeah. truly believe that if you wasn't, if you didn't come out of a person's pussy, gay, or vice versa, you're not gay. You got grown. You made a decision in your mind that you wanted to do this. But that's me. So yeah. whoever listening around the world, whoever get irritated by what I'm saying, I respect who you are. That's who you are. But please respect my journey and how I feel. But go ahead, babe. Yes. So, you know, and I, I you know, I do agree with what you say because I remember my mom when she was wearing the dresses and nails painting and stuff like that, and all of a sudden she changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of reminded me, what is that song by 50 Cent when he says, growing up I was confused, my mama kissing a girl? Right. Yeah, and so that's kind of like how it was for me. I just didn't understand, like, why is she being like this? Mm-hmm. And if people would say things to her and she will get fighting mad and she would say things to me like, Michelle, you go to, you don't go to school to make friends. I think that's the biggest lie you could tell your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and that right. was, she would say that to me because she had no intentions of trying to change or right. get the help that she needed. Okay. Um, so anyway, I think at that time when I was getting out of high school, the, a woman that she was seeing I left her or something. But anyway, she went crazy. So she started kicking me out of the house for absolutely no reason. Mm. Um, thank God for my grandparents on my dad's side. My grandmother ended up giving me her truck. And I was able to leave the house, but I would sleep in my truck and just be fearful to walk in the house because the woman was so abusive. Your mom? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was confused and she didn't know who she was. And then not being loved, yeah. she didn't know how to take it. She didn't know how to handle it. So she would take it out on you. Yeah, there was a time when she was suicidal. I witnessed all of that. I was like, what in the world? So anyways... Uh, so me and her, it got to the point where I would defend myself. I just didn't know why she was acting so weird towards me. So I'm sleeping in my truck. And at that time, I was going to a community college, barely never had any money like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend that worked at the community college, so she would validate my tickets so my parking would be free, and she would buy me food and stuff or whatever. I always said when I get married or any big celebration, she got to be there because we're still in contact to this day. Right. Um, but every time I would go to school or go to work, it was always, where am I going to go? Anyway, so I'm sleeping in my truck and everything. It gets to the point where things were getting worse. And she was like, and you can't go to grandma's house because my grandmother say stuff about me, which is true. She mm-hmm. was very abusive as well. Wow. So I remember I parked my car out in her neighborhood, and I um, that's where I was going to sleep at. And I, before I said my prayers, I said, 
God, I said, I really just want you to take my life when I go to sleep. I, I didn't. I, I was depressed. I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back when MySpace was popular. Somebody had posted a picture of me saying I was on drugs because when they saw me, I was so skinny. Right. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. I have unanswered questions. What is going on? And so I went in my back seat and I buried myself under my clothes. And I said my prayers. And I said, okay, God, I said, I'm going to go to sleep now. So I said, when I wake up, you know, I'm going to be up there, right? So I, I fall asleep. And I wake up with the sun in my face. And I instantly started crying. And I was so pissed that he woke me up. Mm-hmm. I, said, I, was so, I said, so you woke me up for me to go through this again. I told you I didn't want to be here anymore. See, I'm a very scary person. So I'm not, I don't like pain. So I'm definitely not going to do anything to myself. Right. So I'm upset. I'm just so mad, and I'm fumbling trying to find my keys. And I climbed to the front seat, and I cut my truck on. And the song that was playing was God's Gift to the World by Kelly Price. And I knew that was his way of talking to me. And I had my hands on the steering wheel, and I broke down in tears. And I knew he was telling me I was a gift to this world, and I wasn't going anywhere no time soon. So the, the situation at that time, I'm like, okay, I hear you, but, you know, where am I going to go? So my, there were times where I would just go back to the house and, you know, things were just worse, just dealing with my mom or whatever. But for the most part, I stayed out the house and all that sales, I just sleep in my truck. Mm-hmm. So um, she will also, like, bully me into taking her to work. And for the sake of me not fighting my mom, I would just give in and do it. Right. So I took her to work, and I had uh, an OBGYN appointment for my annual that day. It was at mm-hmm. 9 a.m. And women know, like, when you make an appointment, they stay booked all the time. Sometimes you can't get into weeks later. Right. So I had the appointment, and I dropped her off, and I went there. It was 9 o'clock, and I go in and I'm checking in the lady said um did you just cancel I said no I didn't my mom canceled my appointment it didn't tell me why she canceled it it's being mean and nasty you've had some hateful fucking people around you and that's because you're beautiful I know that when women are attractive they bring out the hate from their mama sisters friends co-worker and what I'm seeing be on this earth a long time, your dad's wife was jealous of you. Your mom was jealous of you. Even your grandmother was jealous of you. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm seeing. But go ahead, because we, after this, I'm going to just really unleash to the fans <laughs> around the world and all this. Cause this shit hurts me. Because this has been, ladies and gentlemen, we've been trying to have the story for like two weeks now. I've been real busy. I had to do some other obligations first on the um, on my podcast, and I wanted to make sure I got her in this week. But I've heard this story now. It's been on my mind for like almost a week, and I thought I didn't even want her to tell me no more because I wanted to save it for the show. Well, go ahead, Beth. <laughs> so she says, you just canceled. I said, no, my mom did. And she says, well, you're just in luck because somebody just, canceled a three o'clock appointment and she put me down for that appointment. And mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, God. And so I said, well, it's nine o'clock. My appointment's not until three. So let me get my dad on the phone because my mom's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, my dad about to find out what's been going on with me. He's about to go smooth off on her. So I drive out to where my dad stayed at. And when I got there, he was on the phone with my mom. Mm-hmm. That was weird. He gets off the phone with her, and he starts telling me that everything was my fault. And I'm looking at him like, you got to be kidding me. You know I'm sleeping in my car. The woman just canceled my doctor's appointment. I'm out here struggling. And my dad was just getting on me about, and mind you, I'm like 18 years old, 18, 19. And he's getting on me about silly stuff. And I'm like, how is any of this my fault? I don't even understand why y'all treated me this way. 
I don't know what that woman said to him on the phone, but he came into agreement with that. And not only that, I know his wife played a part in it because I know she didn't want me over there. Right. So I, he, he didn't let me stay with him. So I walked out of his house. My truck was full of everything that I owned, and I was numb. I felt like I couldn't feel anything anymore. I walked out of his house and got back in my truck, and I was just like, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. So I drive back on the other side of town, and I sat in the parking lot to wait for my appointment. And then when I was done with my appointment, I called my grandparents that lived in Indiana. Now, let me pause you from right there before we talk about Grandma in Indiana. And I got to ask you this question. Uh-huh. So you didn't have a reputation of stealing. You didn't have a reputation of being a liar. There was no reason for them not to distrust you? No. no that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely not. Okay. Was, I, I wasn't sleeping around. I wasn't hitting the clubs. I wasn't in the streets doing drugs right. or anything. Okay. I was, I was a teenager. My mom told me, she was like, well, Michelle, you used to lie. And I was like, well, name a teenager that don't lie. Right. But I didn't think that was a reason to be kicking me out. I think she just made something up. Right. I agree. And so so by the time I get my grandparents on the phone, and this is on my dad's side, so the grandmother that you were saying that's jealous of me is the one on my mom's side. Okay. And she would mistreat me because I look like my dad. Okay. Damn. And so um, I get my grandparents on the phone, and honestly, like, they, they were the, my, the, my biggest supporters. I like to say they raised me from a distance. Like anything I needed, they were always there for me. And I told them what was going on, and they were not happy about it. And my grandfather, I think at that time, he was, I think he was retired because he was the first black chief of police of Gary, Indiana. Okay. And so, you know, he was upset about what he was hearing, and the, the electricity was in my name. And okay. I told him, and he was like, Michelle, when you get off the phone with me, shut it off. And so that's what I did. Wait, wait, wait. Your parents was using your name and to, to get bills in there in your name? My mom. Oh, my God. Go ahead. I ain't heard that in so fucking long, but go ahead. Yeah. So I told my grandparents what was going on, and then my aunt called me, which is my dad's sister, and um, she found out what was going on, and I you know, chatted with her, and she says, Mimi, Mimi's my middle name, my, my nickname. Uh-huh. And she says, Mimi, have you ever, you know, did you think about you might want to come out here to Colorado? And at that time, I was like, eh, no. Nobody in Virginia is thinking about Colorado. I was like, no, I'm good. But as soon as I hung up the phone from her, it was like I heard this voice like, Michelle, why you have no reason to stay here. You need to leave. Uh-huh. So I called her back, and I said, I changed my mind. I want to leave. So instantly, my grandparents' parents set it up. Um, I I took my truck over to my great aunt's house because they getting my truck shipped over here, and I spent the holidays with my grandparents. Okay. And so I left Virginia December nineteenth, two thousand seven, and I spent the holidays with my grandparents. And my grandmother's health was declining at the time. So January first, two thousand eight, is when I moved. I flew into Denver. Okay. And I've been in Colorado ever since. So my grandmother's health was declining, and so we would go back and visit her as often as we could. And she was highly aware how I was being treated, and she was not happy with her son because my dad wasn't raised like that. My right. dad was the spoiled one. He, you know, had all types of cars, could have went to any school he wanted to go to, never want for anything. And okay. they couldn't understand, why is he treating you like this when we didn't raise him to be like this? Mm-hmm. So I'm in Colorado, and I'm just trying to get my life together, going to counseling. I got into a school. My aunt and my uncle did a whole lot for me. They really did. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm helping me with rent. You name it, they helped me. So going back and forth to visit my grandparents. Eventually, my grandmother ended up passing away January 2009. Right. So when I left Virginia in 2007, right before my grandmother passed away, she told me, she says, Michelle, don't give up on your mom. So I was 20 years old then, and I knew everything she was telling me was full of wind, but I wasn't trying to hear it. I was so angry at her. So my grandmother ended up passing away. We had the funeral in Indiana. She wanted to be buried in Virginia, 
So after we had the funeral, we flew to Virginia, and that was the first time I saw my mother in two years. Okay. And I think that was the start of us repairing whatever was damaged. So she was getting herself together, and, you know, she will send me cards every now and then. And then eventually she got to the point where she did apologize to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm here, and I'm still, you know, figuring out life, trying to finish school and everything. She came out for my graduation. By that time, me and her was on good terms. Okay. She apologized. I felt like me and her were starting the healing process. My dad, on the other hand, he just, he, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about him because he didn't come to my graduation. He went on a cruise with his wife, and she was up there with her kids. Wow. Yeah. So right. me and my mom, my mom apologized, so we've been working on our relationship. And I graduated from school, and when I couldn't find a job, and do you know, like, rent is expensive, and they want you to have a job where you make it three times the rent. Right. I couldn't find that. So I had to move back in with my aunt. Okay. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I really didn't, but I had no choice. Right. So I had I moved back in, and instantly I felt like I was just not wanted there. Okay. I would stay in the bedroom as much as I could, and wow. I couldn't understand. Horrible. I couldn't understand why she was being the way she was being towards me. Now, this is this holier than thou. I love the Lord. Jesus said this. God told me to tell you. She's in the church. She knows this pastor. She's teaching classes and praying over people, but you're treating your niece like crap. Right. I didn't understand that. So I would try my best to find a job. I would get temp jobs every now and then. And she was just being very a very uncomfortable person to be around. Okay. I'm trying my best. Lord knows I don't want to be over there. And I was just saying a lot of prayer. And there was a family that lived next door. Mm-hmm. And she'd been knowing them for over 16 years at the time. Right. And there was a guy that stayed over there that was recently divorced, but he had two kids. And she would say nothing but great things about him. And at that time, I was kind of, I was 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. But I think I started a lot of stuff very late. So I was very right. old and naive. But I still love my aunt. You know, even from when I was a kid, my aunt come in town. I, I, she was the one I would tell stuff to that I wouldn't even talk to my mom about. She was, like, my favorite. So I trust her. Mm-hmm. So there will be times where he'll be outside, and she's like, Mimi, he's outside. When she go, go to chat with him. And what I do, I'll go out there and, and chat and talk to him. And at that time, we didn't exchange numbers. I thought it was weird when she told me. She says, if things go well with you and him, maybe you can move in with him. And I kind of yeah. looked at her. And I she was setting you up bad, but go ahead. Yeah. So... One day, my uncle was leaving out, and he saw a piece of paper on my truck. He came back in, and he says, Mimi, he said, I thought you had a ticket on your truck, but he says he left his number on your car, so he gave it to me. So I hit him up and everything, and I said, yeah, my uncle saw it on my car. He thought it was a ticket, and he was like, oh, no, he saw it? And I was like, yeah, what's the problem? Not knowing that he was on something at the time. Right. So... I ended up finding a job working at a school um, as an assistant secretary at a at a charter school elementary. And so I was so excited. I sat in the house. I finally could tell my aunt that I uh, found a job so she can get off my case and I can hurry up and try to move out. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that I think things started going down the hill because when I was about 10, 11 years old, and I would go visit my grandparents um, on holidays and in the summertime. And I stayed at my aunt's house, and one of my cousins came to visit that year, too. So it was me, her, and my uncle's nephew, which he was a teenage boy at the time. We all were downstairs in the basement. And me and my cousin, me and her were going to sleep on the futon, and I guess he was going to sleep on the floor. Right. So... She fell asleep first, and then I fell asleep right after her. But before I fell asleep, he was still up watching boxing. I wake up in the middle of the night. My back was facing him, but he was asleep on the floor, and I was on the futon. He had got, he was all over me trying to penetrate me while I was asleep. Okay. 
and my back is facing him, so my eyes, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm up now, and I'm like, I'm 10, 11 years old, so I'm, I'm confused. I'm like, what is this? What is he trying to do? Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I guess in his mind that he thought I was sleeping, I guess he tried to go further and further, I just pretended I was stretching, and then he stopped. And I, so I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I felt weird. That was your and uncle, right? That was my uncle's nephew. Okay. So I felt weird, but somehow as a kid, I was able to shake it off and let's go to the arcade and play or whatever. But right. I did eventually tell my aunt. I told her. And she didn't do anything about it. Wow. And so this is the one that I, you was living with? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if she's not doing anything about it, maybe it's not a big of a deal. So right. I went through elementary, middle school, high school, not even thinking anything about it. But it wasn't until I moved to Colorado when I was around them more, I realized that that should have never happened to me. Okay. And I realized that she should have protected me. Right. So I brought it back to her attention, and I think that was when things started going down the hill. So I got up one morning to go to work. I'm working at the school, but I'm still at her house. Mm-hmm. This is like in October of 2013. And her her husband, he's a jokester. He's always joking and everything. So he's always making me laugh. And so I was downstairs. He was downstairs, too. And he was saying something silly. I was laughing, getting myself together, and I left. Before I hit the interstate, my phone is blowing up with all these text messages from her. Telling me, she started the conversation off by saying, make sure you pay on your credit card bill. And I'm like, why did she reminding me about this? I'm grown. Right. So I said, I said, okay. I said, but I don't, I don't need you to remind me about this. And she went smooth off on me, told me I need to get out ASAP. So I'm like, mm. whoa. So do, do you know what happened right there? No. I'm going to tell you what happened. You ready? Mm-hmm. You are this attractive woman, and you was laughing at her husband's jokes. And that got her upset. Mm. that any woman in this world today, if they allow a young girl to come in their house, whether it's a sister, whether it's a cousin, could be even a daughter, if they're attractive like you are, mm-hmm. they're going to find a way to get that person out the house. So she was in, not in control of her emotions. She saw y'all laughing giggling, and that bitch said, I don't give a fuck. That bitch got to go. So as soon as you got in the car and left, she didn't know what to hit you with. She hit you with the credit card thing. Because at first she was going to go another direction. Mm-hmm. But then when you said, I'm grown, I know how to take care of my business, that gave her a way to come straight attack by her being honest with you and say, listen, I'm a jealous bitch. You got my husband here laughing, um, and I don't want him laughing for no other woman. And that's what she did. But what I see, and we'll move forward, about you, babe, and this goes back to I always tell people when you're attractive, how beauty is a gift and a curse. Mm -hmm. And you've had it from your own family. This is what I've been telling people my whole fucking life. Because I consider me a handsome, strong senior citizen. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I've been a fly nigga my whole life. And when I was young, I used to tell girls, listen, your sister's trying to fuck me. Your best <laughs> friend's trying to fuck me. Oh, no. My friends don't do that. I've dated women. They moms try to fuck me. Sometimes I fuck the mom. I'm being honest. <laughs> When I was in my 20s, I was a different type. I wasn't a hoe. I was just a man enjoying life. Yeah. It's a difference in how you look at it, right? See, some men are get married. Some men are have a girlfriend and still do those things. Mm-hmm. I was single. I was enjoying myself. I was rich. Women liked me. I was having a ball. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I lived my life. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, I always said about jealousy. 
People think that because your blood, people can't get jealous. But human nature is human nature. And here's the thing. You get jealous of people. I mm-hmm. get jealous of people. You can hate somebody. I hate everybody that's listened to this episode has either been jealous or hated someone or betrayed someone. But I always teach people, learn how to control your emotions. Yeah. yeah. See, and what your family didn't do, it wasn't able to control their emotions. From your mama to your grandma to your, ne- your nephew or co- cousin who was trying to take advantage of you because he had a sexual urge. He wanted to sleep with you. He couldn't get pussy from nobody else. Okay. So he tried to take he tried to take advantage of you. He should have controlled that emotion. So all these things that I'm hearing is about controlling the emotion. But go ahead now. Yeah. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And you know, and also I think back, and I'm like, you know, there. I to me, how I would have did it, I would not have had all of us sleeping in the same room. That's a Absolutely. teenage boy. I would have had yep. it somewhere else. That's right. That's right. Even in today's world, let's fast forward 20 years, 40 years later. Even today, you can't even put, when girls have sleepovers, mm-hmm. that shit is like having a nigga in the house now. <laughs> because yeah. you got young girls who turning out other girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can't have girls sleep, have sleepovers no motherfucking more. <laughs> you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But go ahead again. I'm just putting all that stuff out to the people listening. Don't you have your daughters have no fucking sleepover? Not in today's society. Your daughter <laughs> come out of that motherfucking room fucked up, people. So go ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she was sending me text messages back to back and, you know, uh, said something like, your, your butt would be, you burn this bridge if you want to, your butt would truly be on the street. You need to get out ASAP and all this other extra stuff. But I read the text message that said you need to get out ASAP, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. I got, I got off work, and I went back to our house, and nobody was there. So it took me about 30 minutes to get all of my stuff out of her house, put it in the truck, and I'm like, where am I going to go? So when she got home and saw that that bedroom was empty, now she got some explaining to do because you know, I stated earlier, my grandmother passed away in 2009. This is going on in 2013. My family right. really turned it up on me after my grandmother passed. My grandfather's old, you know. So after my grandmother passed, people really started mistreating me. And wow. I, I, to this day, I was still crying because I was like, if she was still here, I wouldn't have been through none of that mess. Right. And so she comes home and sees that that bedroom is empty. And she starts lighting my phone up again. Your butt can't tell your your granddad that you left and all this other extra stuff. I mean, it, th- th- this Christian woman is talking like this? Right, right. Does she know you acting like this with your niece? Oh, and my what God. Did she, and what did she want you to tell your grandfather? I guess I should have had the decency to tell him that I was leaving. Okay, okay. <laughs> so... In my mind, I'm like, I'm doing what you told me to do. You said you need to get out ASAP, and that's what I did. I got right. out. And to this day, I still have those text messages. Good. And so I left. She had two kids. I've been around them since they were infants. Mm-hmm. I called them my favorites, and they still are, but I have not seen them since 2013. Okay. Um, they're grown now, and I haven't seen them. They only know their mom's side of the story, and I can't wait to see them so they can hear what really happened. Um, so I get all of my stuff out, so I don't have anywhere to go. I'm right. in Colorado by myself. The rest of my family is on the East Coast. This is 2013 now, so me and my mom, we're on good terms and everything. My mom does everything that she can do to help me and support me. Uh-huh. If you see me and her together, you wouldn't even think we had the past that I just recently was talking about. Okay. So, but my mom, she, she's real, and she would tell me all the time. She says, Michelle, those Christians, they the biggest hypocrites. She don't get down with them like that. Uh-huh. And so I didn't want to call her because I was like, she's going to go off, and then she's probably going to dislike God even more. 
So I didn't tell her first, and I definitely didn't call my dad to say anything. So I ended up calling a friend, and I told her what was happening. And she was like, yeah, Michelle, you can come and stay over here with us. So I was staying on her, sleeping on her couch for, like, a few months mm-hmm. trying to get my stuff together. But, you know, she, she was like, Michelle, get your stuff together, save up your money, things like that. So I was still working at the school, and once again, as you keep pointing out, jealousy. Yep. She was married, and she was the type of girl that would post up her and her husband having the best time, but that wasn't the truth at mm-hmm. all. And so one night, I, that's when I was on Facebook, and I, okay. I wasn't checking my Facebook often. I would check it like maybe once a month. But right. one night, I just heard God tell me, check your Facebook, because her and her husband work night shifts. So I'm in her place by myself, and I checked my Facebook. The girl had been posting up all my business on Facebook. Wow. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. All of my business was put out there. I'm looking at the comments. I'm looking at the likes. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I called my mom, and my mom said, Michelle, well, have you and her gotten into an argument? I said, no. I said, me and this girl haven't even raised our voices at each other. Right. I'm confused on why she's putting my business out like this. So I said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this, this mess. I said, when I get off work, I'm just going to come back, get my stuff, and I'm going to leave. Right. And that's what I did. So I got to her place. And honestly, I was so pissed at that time. Like, I was just starting my journey with, you know, building a relationship up with God, but I still had a long way to go. Like, the flesh mm-hmm. was all the way in me. And my right. plan was, when I get to her place, it was about to be on the poppet. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, she had one of her husband's friends was there with her daughter, her four-year-old daughter. And I knew, don't say anything to her. Okay. Those plans were canceled. Because it right. would have been rumbling in that place. So I was like, you got a four-year-old baby in here, and her mom, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I said, thank you for everything you've done for me. I found me another place to stay. Thank you. So I'm pulling my stuff out, and she's like, oh, Michelle, I'm so happy for you. A housewarming party, and I'm looking at her, and my blood is boiling. Damn. So I'm getting all my stuff out of her place. I'm putting it back into my truck, and I'm like, Michelle, where are you going to go? Oh, so damn. all the money that I saved up from staying with her, I had to blow it on a hotel. Okay. So by this time, my mom is helping me out. She's contacting my dad. She ain't trying to hear his complaining. Your daughter need help. You need to pitch in to help her. Um, so my dad paid for like a few days or whatever, but he kept complaining about that. Mm-hmm. And for, but for the most part, between me and my mom, we were paying for the hotel. And my mom said, well, Michelle, if things don't get any better, you might have to move back over here. And that was an absolutely no. I'm not doing right. that. I'm going to figure exactly. it out. So I'm staying at the hotel. I'm going back and forth to work and things like that. And I wanted to move back into the neighborhood that I was staying in before before I moved back in with my aunt. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding a place on Craigslist, and I had to go um, check it out. And the owner of the building was there. And she um, let me see it. It was a 200-square-foot studio apartment. I didn't care. I need right. a place to stay. I need something stable. This this will do. And so I told her, I said, I said that's my truck right there. And by this time, I had been staying in a, in a hotel for a few months. Right. I said, that's my truck right there. And I said, everything in there is what I owe, I own. I said, you could tell me now if I'm going to be approved for this or not before I pay you this application fee. She says, Michelle, fill out what you can, and um, we go on from there. This is on a Saturday. Monday, she emailed me. She said, I approved you for it. And this is in a neighborhood that's very expensive. If you come out here, most people think if you stay out here, you either come from a family with money or you just got it going on. And I knew right. that was no, nobody but God that worked that out for me. Mm-hmm. And but I had to wait for the guy to move out. But I was just so happy that I finally had a place to stay. I just had to wait. Uh, make a long story short, I ended up moving in, and just I stayed there for almost a year. And when she had a one bedroom apartment available, she allowed me to move in into another building. She didn't charge me anything extra. She just let me transfer over. Right. 
And I told her, I said, you don't have to worry. I said, if I have to sacrifice and go without, but I'm going to make sure my rent is paid on time. And I did that. I held up my promise. And um, things have started to smooth out. But, you know, my dad, when there's times when I fell on hard times, he wouldn't come through for me and my mom. He would kind of leave us hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not talked to my aunt since. One thing that really pissed me off, when I came home to visit, I, I called my father, and he told me that she came in town. Mm-hmm. My aunt flew in town, and he said, me and her went out to eat. And I'm looking at him like, what? He said, yeah, they went out to eat, and I and they were talking about me the whole time. Mm-hmm. He would tell me, well, you know, when you get a chance, you need to tell her thank you. I said, for what? And the thing is, everything they've done for me, I've always told them thank you. So I said, wait a minute. I said, this witch didn't get on the broom. She got on the plane and flew over to Virginia to talk to you because she just wanted to figure out what you knew because she thinks she's smarter. She thinks she got more money than everybody. Uh And I said, my dad, like, why did you have a conversation with her about me and didn't want me to be present? Right. Right. So me and him, we're just not on the the best terms. Well, your father's a bitch. I'm telling you straight out, he's a bitch-ass nigga because you don't do that to your children. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm I'm just a sucker for daughters. Mm-hmm. And when men act this way towards their daughter, they bitch-ass. That's why I asked you, did you, was you a liar? Did you do anything? You just got horrible people. Oh, Ryan, listen to me. I, I got so much on my mind. Mm-hmm. That this was on my mind heavily mm. all week. Like I couldn't wait to do this episode so you can vent. Yeah. So you so the world can hear it because I know other people going through this. Maybe even worse. Yeah. Yeah. That they would try. I hope that they find a way. I hope that they could have some type of blessings because. You're really not lucky. I'm not going to say you're blessed. Things just happen to fall in line for you, so to speak, because I haven't heard nobody that you mentioned that's been positive. Mm -hmm. Everybody you mentioned turns out to be one way. Mm-hmm. And it was different. Yeah. 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 It was different from your aunt to your dad to your nephew. Only person that I see that was a blessing to you was the lady who agreed upon your contract to stay yeah. in that place. Yeah. Yeah. But to the fans listening, if you saw her, you wouldn't think that she getting issues. She's a beautiful sister. We met. She was at one of my shows. We talked. We talked. We talked. And I said, we got to do this episode on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I told her, ladies and gentlemen, she shouldn't be friends with her mother. And I, well, I'm glad that I took the week to think about it. Sometimes I make decisions and I wonder, should I said things differently, right? Like, yeah. You know, oh, TK, maybe you're a little too hard. But I'm here to say again on the podcast, fuck your mama. <laughs> fuck everybody that you know, because they don't mean you no good. Your mom's only trying to be nice because she's getting older. And she's going to need a place to live one day where she can't take care of herself no more. Your dad is going to die a horrible death because he allowed a woman that he married to change his mind on how he's supposed to treat his daughter. He's supposed to be man enough to check her about his daughter. He's supposed to be, bitch, you don't tell me shit about my motherfucking kids. You got me fucked up. Give me a story. <laughs> Years ago, I met this girl in Atlanta. Met her, 
they had sex the first night, and I liked her. I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And she came out to Vegas to see me years ago, and she wasn't even in my house an hour. We took the bags, put it in the living room. Me, her, and my daughter went out, and we. But my daughter was three years old. So my daughter's eighteen now. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter's feet were turned because I always keep my kids fly. Okay. So my daughter's feet were turned. We walked down Las Vegas Boulevard. My baby said, "My I'm gonna say my baby said to me, Dad, my feet hurt. Can I take my shoes off?'" I said, "Yes." So the girl was like, "No, that's country. She shouldn't be walking out here." But it's like, "Bitch, her feet hurt." <laughs> And she got socks on. I'm, she going to take her motherfucking shoes off. Who the fuck are you telling me? <laughs> so then the girl wanted to go to Ruth Chris. And so we went to each other. Let's go to Ruth Chris. But I didn't want to take everybody to Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris to me is something a little personal, at least at that time. Like, it should be like a date, date, not with my daughter and everybody. You know, something like that. That's, that's, that's just how I felt. It's a whole yeah. other story. Mm-hmm. So as we were driving, I'm thinking. And I said, I'm going to go over here to Outback. So I said, listen, I already know the procedure out back. So I said, listen, I'm going to drop you off, make the reservation for two. I'm going to take my daughter to the house so that we can eat by ourselves. Oh, okay, because I dropped her off. Mm-hmm. Driving home, I'm telling my daughter, I said, Trinity, that's her name. I said, make sure you always have your money so that you don't never have to be dependent on anyone. My daughter didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I dropped my daughter. I got that girl's clothes, put it in my car, drove back to Outback, and there's a bench outside of Outback that you could sit on. Mm-hmm. I put all her clothes on that motherfucking bench, and then I called her. I said, bitch, you got me fucked up. Don't you ever tell me what I should do for my daughter and what I shouldn't do for my daughter. Mm-hmm. She came back to the house maybe mm-hmm. two hours later at a cab. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. OTK. And I shut the door on her. Mm. I shut the door on her. Yeah. That girl still calls me to this day. Oh, wow. Because mm. she knew she was out of line. But I'm going to say that the dick was so fabulous it did have her hypnotized. Right? Oh my god! <laughs> like she's like, you know what? I need to fuck with this nigga again because this oh. nigga fucked me like a god. But <laughs> but that's a whole nother story, right? That's oh, a whole nother story. But the but here is, I didn't allow a woman to tell me my daughter couldn't take her shoes off. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to a time on a date where I had a girl go to the movie theaters with me, and it was packed. Mm-hmm. This is years ago, oh my God. And we couldn't get three seats together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the girl had to sit in the row ahead of us. And me and my daughter sat together. I don't think she thought me and her sit together and my daughter sit, sit by herself. That ain't mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. The girl had an attitude that I was sitting with my daughter. Mm. I never talked to that bitch again. Yeah. That's yeah. being a man. Yeah. And what I mean is if I was your dad and you was my daughter and I married or I thought I was married a woman like that one, I would have never married her. Never. Mm. And to men who are listening to this story, don't, and if you don't have a, you don't have a good relationship with your daughter, or your son, let that be because you don't have a good relationship with your daughter and your son. Not because the woman that you fucking, the woman that's your girlfriend, the woman that's your wife tells you how you should treat your child. Because if you allow that, you're a bitch-ass man. And ladies who meet men and you treat the man better than you treat your child, may you have a hysterectomy, bitch, and breast cancer and lose a titty. <laughs> May you lose a titty, bitch. No, I'm for real, babe. <sighs> because you are resilient. But when I heard you first tell this story, you dealt with it, but it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it goes back to who raised you. Mm-hmm. I always, one of the most powerful things I ever wrote in my life. Mm-hmm. Who raised you? Now, who raised you could be a lot of things. Some people listen. Like, if you don't go out and you can watch TV and you watch you watch whatever, the Denver, um, or whatever, Housewives, mm-hmm. that's violent, that can influence you. If you grew up in a fucked up neighborhood and you see stealing, you see drug people, you see people getting mm-hmm. up, that can influence you. So influence is being that can raise you as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's a combination of so many things in life that, influences your mind and we all are influenced by something whether it's good or bad the goal in life is try to be influenced by the positive things the goal in life is if you do get married be a man if you do get married a woman be a woman never let nobody tell you how to treat your child and be aware to the young men and women when you just because the person is your mother I mean, you got to like them because your mother and your dad could be people who ain't shit mm-hmm. and learn to cut that shit off if it ain't right. You got to have the ability to say, you know, fuck my mom, fuck my dad and keep it moving and keep it motherfucking moving if you don't need them. Mm-hmm. But if you need them, then I'm going to put people up on game. Watch this. If you need them, then you play them. You mm. get everything that you can out they ass until you get where the fuck you want to go. Then cut they ass the fuck off. Because here's how people like you win. When your parents get old and they say, hey, Mimi, I'm old, I can't know how to work, and can you take care of me? I'm going to ask you this, and I know that you're going to tell me yes. And if you don't, I'm going to make you tell me yes. <laughs> when your mom gets old one day, she's going to think that you're going to take care of her. I don't want you to feel sorry for her. I don't want you to feel guilty that, oh, that's my mom. She wasn't there for me, but I'm going to be there for her. I want you to let her ass go to the living senior citizen home and live out the rest of her lives. Promise me you'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Promise me that you'll do that. That's hard. I know. Mm. Oh, goodness. That's really hard. Like, she apologized to me over 10 years ago. I don't give a fuck. We've been good ever since. Uh, this is the thing called karma. Yeah. Uh, bitch, you should have never did this shit to me, bitch. I've been waiting my whole motherfucking life to get you yeah. back. <laughs> and I got to live with this pain for the rest of my motherfucking life, out because you had <laughs> problems. Nah, bitch, you deserve every fucking thing you're going through. Because you're going to be okay. Don't think God's not going to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. We met for a reason. Listen to me. Everybody who calls my show or gets in touch with me about this show, they listen to me because the thing about the T.K. Kirkman podcast, if you want the bitter truth, this is why people call me or reach out to me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. And I believe in the universe. And I wouldn't tell you nothing wrong. I mean that. Mm-hmm. She's going to cry. She's going to beg you. But I want you to think about the time you wanted to die. I want to think about the time she put you in bad situations. I want you to break all that pain she put you through that you could have been dead. Yeah, I, yeah I, I get what you're saying, but like, what if I healed and or forget, forgave her? Yeah, but that's what the point. What if that point. doesn't bother me, huh? Yeah, that's the point in life, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. From slavery on down, we always want to be the forgiving people. You're still yeah. going to be blessed whether you forgive or you don't forgive. It's all These are all thoughts. This is in your <laughs> mind. This shit is in your mind. Yeah. yeah. And that's what people don't understand. This shit is in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention um, the guy that my aunt introduced me to. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that part, girl. Yeah. Um, when she kicked me out. Mm-hmm. Remember I, what you just said? Your mom introduced you to that guy. No, to no, go out there and say hi. Who kicked, right, who kicked you out, but go ahead. Yeah. So the guy that my um, my aunt introduced me to, when she kicked me out, um, I of course, I, I ran to him. Because um, by this time we were seeing each other and I've been around him, you know, a good decent time or whatever. And I'm in Colorado on my own. So I knew being with him, I, I was going to at least have a meal. And I felt protected. You know, and he was older than me. Mm-hmm. And I I said before that he took advantage of me, not physically, because everything I did with him, I knew what I was doing. He didn't force me to do anything. The thing is, he led me on to believe that me and him had a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that was the only reason why I was doing anything with him. And so there it came a time, like, when he was pretty much done with me, he looked at me and he was like, I want to get back with my ex-wife. And I looked at him. So I'm angry. So he gets up and goes in the bathroom and I'm just angry because uh-huh. I said, I said, you're, I know you because of my aunt. And she only introduced me to you because she wanted me out of your place, out of her place. And then you turned around and did this to me. Well, I'm going to vouch for him now just a little bit. Yeah. It was in-house pussy. You didn't understand, but you kind of knew. You was fucking him because I asked you. I said, did you take advantage of you? You said, no. I said, did you fuck him more than one time? You said, yes, I did. So after the first fuck, and you kept going back, and you gave him head, you gave him everything that comes with a relationship, it is what it is. And that's just life. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. But mm-hmm. you got something out of it. You stayed with him for a little while, right? No, I never lived with him. Oh, you never lived yeah, with him? Yeah, I think I might have, like, spent the night every now and then, but I wasn't living with him. I was okay, so you just thought you was in a relationship, though. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That happens to a lot of people in life. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's not a great thing either. You was a young girl, and you think that a motherfucker would at least have some fucking decency. But he didn't. Because most men ain't shit anyway. So. Yeah. But my point going back to your mom. Mm-hmm. Just remember what I said. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to tell you. You ever watch court TV? Yeah. So you know about probation, right? Yeah. You know about prosecutors, right? Yeah. And what they're doing, like, sometimes, you know, people say, oh, I've changed. You should give people a chance. And, yep, you should, except when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Now, we was in court, and your mom went to trial, and she went to jail, got probation, and she didn't do nothing for 10, 15 years, and she got in trouble again. When they bring you back to court, what they do is they bring up your past, even if you haven't mm-hmm. done nothing in 20 years. Mm-hmm. What they say is, Your Honor, such and such committed a crime, or she has a history of X, Y, blah, blah, blah. And they use that against you yeah. to sentence you again. Yeah. My point that I'm making is, even though you forgave your mom, she is who she is. And she will mm-hmm. fuck you again somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. That's my point. So I believe when people have the ability to fuck you again, you let some people go. And the reason why I know that, I've been on this earth long enough that I've seen it. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck who it is. It could be your mama. It could be your dad. It could be your brother. It could be your sister. It could be my kid. Mm-hmm. Because my peace of mind is so fucking important to me that I'm not going to let you destroy it. 
Because I love life that much. And since I know you now and you are in my life and we're talking on the show, I got to look out for you. And that's the reason why we had the T.K. Kirkland podcast. I look out for people. I'll tell you shit that nobody else will tell you. I'll tell you shit to make you cringe. (laughs) (laughs) But the T.K. Kirkland show is here to protect people. Mm Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to tell you the truth. Everybody's going to think with their heart. And think with your heart is, oh, she forgave me. She did this. But you've been getting fucked your whole life from family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're you're right. And the people that I'm not even related to treat me so much better. That's my point. There's a family here. Um, I, I would love for you to meet them one day. Um, I, right after my aunt kicked me out, I ended up meeting them. And um, um, and Deanna, they they took me in as like one of theirs. Right. And I mean, they're wonderful people, and they people who believe in God and prayer. But they 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 real. They real. I, I, I have Listen, let's keep the God and prayer shit out. Like I think all that's cool, but I'm I, I like to say the universe because the people use that religious shit so much that they turn out to be fake and you get so disappointed that they turn out, nigga, I thought you nigga, I thought you got the fuck. Because we take the religious thing so seriously, right? And they turn, I'm not saying that they are. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it don't mean nothing, sweetie. What we're dealing with is black and white. They treat you good, they treat you good today. Hopefully they treat you good again tomorrow. That's how life is. Yeah. I trust you. I only trust you today. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna feel about you tomorrow, and that's life. Wait, so, so have you yeah. ever thought about? Go ahead. I got this, man. So I have, but so you believe in the universe, but but God created the universe. So why not? Yes, but no, 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 no. We're not gonna get astronomical in the Bible and all that kind of stuff. All I'm doing, what I'm doing now, I'm cutting all that out because what happens to the human mind is that that's what we want to do. We want to always put the shit in. And when you go to, when you watch these shows and black people on the news get hung, get shot yeah. by the cops and shit, yeah. and people, black people get their feelings on the earth, we always want to talk about the Lord. We always want to talk about God. We always want to talk about, oh, I forgave. Well, we always want to do this shit. Always. Always. And nobody tells the people the truth so they can feel happy. They can move on with their life. You still can be happy. Yeah. You still can pray. But you're going to cover your ass from this moment on because you can play too much. So, I see your angle. Thank you. So, Miss Mimi, <laughs> I presented my case to the court. The evidence has proven that I am right. I have shown you everything possible not for you to go against your mom Mm -hmm. you still can love your mom and i want you to love her but the day she asks you can you take care i want you to tell her no and you go visit her Mm -hmm. at at the senior citizen living condition and bring her things to eat and bring her and, and give her time. That's, you could do it that way, but I don't want you to take care of What about my dad? Oh, fuck him. I'm gonna, you don't never talk to that nigga again. <laughs> that nigga's an ass. I hate him. I ain't never met that nigga. Aww. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. So, deal? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and you got to listen, if you listen to all the episodes of my show mm-hmm. and take the time, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yo, you got to listen to me. If you listen to me, such that episode last week when the guy was trying to get insurance for his dad, his dad wouldn't listen. And here's the great thing. I renewed my my health insurance. Okay. And the guy who's my agent, white dude, who sells motherfucking insurance. 
So we had a meeting two weeks ago. He had cancer because his dad died. I didn't know that. So when he got on the phone with me last week, I said, hey, Jimmy, I heard your dad. Uh, you had an ailment in the family. What happened? He said, my dad died. But he started mm-hmm. talking. And he said, TK, my dad didn't have his house in order. He said he was on dialysis for over 20 years. He was 81 years old. He said, I kept talking to my dad about we should get this done, we get this done. Now, here's a man who sells insurance. Mm. His dad wasn't even covered. So he said how he has to cover all this shit now after his dad is gone and dead and gone. And he think his dad had insurance? No, he took care of it. He just like he they didn't want to deal with it. Oh wow. And that's my point. Mm-hmm. People don't want to handle their business. Yeah. Handle your business, babe. Yeah. I'm not saying again, I'm gonna make sure I clear I'm clear. I'm not saying you can't be close to your mom. Not saying that. I'm saying be close to her for her ass in the old folks' home. You're going to be happy. One day, you're going to look back and say, C.K. Kirkland was right. C.K. Kirkland was right. And I'm going to leave it like that. C.K. Kirkland was right. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the C.K. Kirkland podcast. What can I tell you, people? We do our thing around here. Listen. This week, catch me at the world-famous Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. Six shows, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the uh, website, dccomedyloft.com, and please come see the greatest underground comic in the world. And I mean that. Whoever is your favorite comedian, I'm their favorite comedian, whether they tell you or not. They know about T to the motherfucking K. Young lady, yeah, I'm so glad that we got this show on this episode. And I hope to all the fans around the world who are listening that this has inspired you and somehow. And may you listen to what I've told this young lady to put you at peace with your own life. Everybody listening around the world, this is TK Kirkman Podcast. I got to get ready for an event. May God bless y'all. Talk to you guys next week. And may your pain be champagne. Tea to the motherfucking K. So take care of yourself, sweetie. I will. Uh, take it now. All right, bye. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.